With 3D printers becoming more mainstream, the ability to easily recreate everyday items poses a number of intellectual property concerns. Replicating toys, jewelry, and other objects could potentially infringe patents, trademarks, and copyrights. As the technology continues to gain acceptance, IP rights holders need to be aware of the potential ramifications. Finnegan attorneys Bob Yakis and Elizabeth Farrell join us now to discuss IP considerations with the rapidly evolving 3D printing technology landscape. Bob, let's start with you. What is the current state of 3D printing technology? Well, the main change in 3D printing technology, which has been around for some 30 years, is that it's coming to your home. It's coming to smaller printers. There's a bunch of different kinds. The one that's coming to your home is called the extrusion printing, and that's um, exactly what it sounds like. You extrude some plastics. There's other kinds, granular laminated granulars, where you um, deposit certain things and then some other things on top of it, and laminated is a bunch of layers, if you will, and then something called light polymerized, which is where you use a liquid and then you shine some light on it and uh, hardens it. But the one that's getting the press is the stuff in your home, and that's uh, what's called the extrusion type. Beth, does existing IP law address 3D printing concerns? I think the honest answer is possibly. Uh, There are obviously many facets to IP law. Um, With respect to patent laws, it seems a little bit unclear how existing patent laws will apply to 3D printing based on some past cases involving home recording units or VCRs as well as based on the music download cases. We think that generally the makers of the 3D printers will likely be immune to lawsuits because their printers can be used for things besides copying other people's products. It also seems a little bit impractical to enforce IP rights against individual home users who may only be printing one or two objects, they may not be selling them, and it may be hard to find out who those people are. IP rights holders may have some options in terms of the type of industrial printing such as Shapeways where someone is choosing to have another company print an object on their behalf. There are a few instances in which Shapeways has been asked to take down some products that people thought were infringing their rights, and so that is a, a possible recourse. But it really seems that the most practical thing to do will be to try to enforce rights against those who create and distribute the software that is used to direct the 3D printers, and those would be companies such as Thingiverse, which maintains kind of an online trading post for these digital files. But one thing really is clear, which is that product designers should be sure to secure their rights as soon as they create their designs. Having a registered copyright or trade dress or an issued design or utility patent will definitely make enforcement of rights easier. Bob, do other industries provide any guidance for dealing with IP issues as they relate to 3D printing? Possibly. 3D printing is kind of sui generis in that a lot of the things it's doing are different. What the concern that people have is that now you can do something at home relatively inexpensively or soon will be able to. It used to cost a lot of money. And so in one sense, that's a little bit like the file sharing that Grokster had and others, where you were able to essentially download copyrighted music easily without paying for anything because it was shared. And so one of the concerns is that even if somebody gets one of these files to make uh, some sort of 3D image, they could then share it at some sort of peer-to-peer sharing network. And the copyright law, turns out, worked real well in that sense and probably can work well in this sense to prevent abuses there. And essentially what that happens is that you go after the peer-to-peer network and under a, a theory of vicarious liability, which is not that they necessarily violated some of these rights, 
but that they aided and abetted it. The other interesting area has to do with what we learned from home VCRs, because if you take a look at it, there's a similarity there. You didn't used to be able to get a movie at home other than paying to rent a video, and now all of a sudden you uh, get a digital video recorder and, and record television programs and watch them later or movies and watch them later. And in a sense, if these 3D scanners and 3D printers come down enough in price that they're all around, then you run the, the real risk of people making uses of images that normally the owner of the image or the file would want to get paid for. There's a, a case of Sony Corporation versus Universal Studios in which the Supreme Court kind of balanced some of the issues involving fair use and decided that Sony really wasn't going to be liable for having this digital video recorder and making it. And so that means that the makers of the printers and even possibly the scanners will probably avoid liability under the same theories. Finally, Beth, as 3D printers become more mainstream, what should IP rights holders be aware of? Well, John, I think that when some rights holders look at the current landscape for 3D printers, they might say to themselves, well, we aren't necessarily concerned because perhaps the materials to do the printing are very expensive or it takes a long time for someone to print something. And to be honest, there are certain portions of 3D printers at the moment that make their operations not particularly scalable. But I think that it's important for IP rights holders not to rest on their understanding of the technology right now or underestimate the pace of development of the technology. I think that if you are a right holder who has worked hard to develop a particular product design or a particular product that you don't want someone else to copy, as I said before, you should definitely uh, try to figure out what the best kind of rights are to secure in that product. And then it's important to be proactive. It's important to keep abreast of the changes in the technology, as well as look periodically to see what types of things in your area may be available to the public, what type of digital files are being traded on Thingiverse and those types of websites. Those particular websites do, in many cases, have some sort of enforcement procedure, such as a way to send a notice to the website to ask them to take something down. Or there are other situations in which rights holders have sent cease and desist letters to the individuals who have posted the design files. And in those situations, those rights holders have found that they have been able to receive a remedy, which in this case is taking down the design file. So it's not as if you have to necessarily file a lawsuit against someone. It's just that if you've secured your rights and if you are proactive about enforcing those rights, then down the road you should at least hopefully be better protected in terms of where 3D printing is going to take us. Our guests have been Bob Yarkas and Elizabeth Farrell of Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, to listen to other podcasts and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan. <laughs>